Real good. Drill good. Drill good. Real 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 good. Ladies and gentlemen, hello and welcome to Real Good Show, episode 31. Yes, we are back for another edition of America's Best Worst Canadian Sports Podcast. Justin Morissette here with you once again, and with me, as always, is... John Cullen. And with me for the first time, hopefully not the last time, is a man who you know as the producer and co-host of the <laughs> Mike on Much podcast, uh, first and foremost probably, but uh, also in addition to that, the most electrifying man in Canadian music, the front man for Arkells, Max Kerman is with us here today. Max, thanks for joining us. Thank you. I take a lot of pride in that podcast, so I like, I w- one day I'll be more known as the <laughs> producer of the show as opposed to the band thing. Well, you're <laughs> super into podcasts, right? Oh yeah, I'm obsessed. <laughs> they they're they're like therapy for me. I gotta when if if I'm ever having like an anxious day, I just like go to a quiet room and just put my headphones in and listen to Woj talk to me or something. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, I feel like that's because I know for me, like when I listen to podcasts the most is when I was a courier because I was just driving all course, the time. So it's yeah. like a perfect chance. So I would assume with you guys being on the road all the time, you have to change it up for music. Like I can't uh-huh. listen to music for more than a couple hours. Yeah, music is it can be kind of boring. Um, depending on the environment but also it's just like there's a lot of monotonous things that we have to do like loading into a venue or checking into an airport and like when we fly it's like we have to like check in oversized like for guitars and something so it's not everything is like kind of an extra pain in the ass or if we check into a hotel we have to check in for four rooms or something so everything just takes longer so i just like have my headphones in a lot of the time well one of my favorite questions to ask bands when i was working in radio was like uh like what are you guys listening to in the van but i feel like that question has evolved yeah over the last two years because it's probably just predominantly podcast yeah it's true i mean a lot of in a lot of bands i think listen to podcasts because you know if you're driving from regina to calgary or something like that it's, it's like eight hours and so if you can stimulate your mind and, and then you can have like a debate about it afterward nick and our band is like a, a contrarian he'll just basically say whatever the opposite is you're saying like it's <laughs> he he was ridiculous he defended who did he, he defended some corporation yesterday which i know he doesn't believe in uh but he just like went out of his way to be like well actually like, right, stop it yeah. <laughs> so you're all listening to the same thing you're not plugged into your separate headphones uh sometimes i mean usually the two guys riding up front if we're in a van uh, we'll be listening to the same thing and then headphones in the back. Okay, okay. Well, uh, John asked me to keep the music questions brief because we are ostensibly a sports show. Yeah. So <laughs> you're here to talk about sports. And that's a little bit different because I'm sure you, I'm going to ask you like the same music questions you get no, hit me with whatever. All right. Well, I just wanted to ask you right off the top. The band is Arkells, but yeah. everybody calls you the Arkells. Yeah. Does that piss you off like just a little bit? No, I don't give a shit. No? I, I really <laughs> don't care at all. Really? No, no. Because so, well, I don't know. What... It, it kind of annoys me a little bit if on the billing it says the Arkells because uh, aesthetically I think it just looks better if it just says Arkells on it. It shouldn't say the Arkells, but it's a weird thing because when you're just like normal English language, you want to say like 
hey, I'm going to the Arkell show. Like that just sounds better than yeah. going to Arkell show. That sounds weird. <laughs> so I don't, I don't blame anybody for saying that. All right, well, like R. Kelly? Who's our what? Yeah, yeah, we do get that sometimes. I'm sure. I don't know. Like people call us the real good show, and that just kind of bothers me a little bit sometimes. Yeah, so I, I was know. hoping we'd have. I that don't in give common. a shit. I'm in okay. your camp. They can call us the real good show, all day, or that real good show, or yeah, whatever. I'm good with that too. Uh, well, I was gonna ask you because you've been touring this record for two years now, mm. um, and like my questions that I had lined up before I was at the show last night was uh, like, are you bored of it yet? But obviously that's like the dumbest question of all time because I think it's safe to say you're having the time of your life every single night. Uh, yeah, you know, it, well, the record came out in August 2014, so it's been like a year and a half. And um, it's really like when you're thinking about the shows kind of can remain exciting if you, you know, put some thought into it. And like on this tour, like we have a bunch of new like bits kind of that, are exciting to do and like pull off like when if you go to one of our shows there's like a lot of things kind of within interspersed in between the songs and like audience interaction stuff which which takes it out of just like playing the song if we were just sort of standing outside uh, up there just sort of like going you know through the songs like they sound on the record then i'd probably be bored but because it's a pretty interactive show uh and the goal for me is just like get people going like you know kind of whooping them up then then it's exciting every night because like you you're really working hard you know to get everybody invested into the show it's like stand-up like i'm a comedian and it's the same kind of thing it's like i normally do 20 to 40 minute sets and even just doing one new joke can like invigorate the rest of the set because you're just like excited to do that new joke or that like whatever and it gets it kind of brings everything else up i find totally And, and the other thing is that um you know we we're we didn't need to come back on this tour uh, because the, like we had played the Commodore a year ago and then we did Squamish, which was great. And then we're like, ah, do we need to come back one more time on this record? But we felt like in the last year, uh, things had really grown for us. And so we're like, oh, let's go back. And the, the two shows in Vancouver like, sold out pretty quickly. And so that in itself is very exciting just to like sort of more on a like business level to like when you think about like sort of the growth in a band to be like, oh, we can come back and do 2,500 people in Vancouver, like months in advance. Like that's very exciting to us. So it's like checking off those boxes is like another kind of way to think about like when we go out and do these shows. It's like, okay, is the band sort of evolving and, and growing our well, audience? I was at the show uh, at the Commodore in 2011 when you guys oh, you opened were? for Tokyo Police Club. Oh, crazy. And I'd never heard of the band before. My two buddies, Brett Jameson and Steven Ellis, were like, we got tickets to this show got a spare one you got to come see this band and they were talking about the middle act which is you guys oh, cool. and and it blew me away it was like one of the greatest sets i'd oh, ever amazing. seen and i was like oh that's that's like the best live band in canada right now oh, easily and then last night five years later same venue uh, like that was the greatest show i've ever seen oh thank like, you man yeah uh, i'm not and i'm not just saying that because you're right he here. is just saying that he told me he's like <laughs> i don't even care what happens tonight last night he's like i'm gonna tell max it was the greatest <laughs> it was the thing great. i've ever seen so thankfully you guys did good because it would have been really awkward if he was like that was so great and y- even you inside were kind of like was it, it really was it, though no, it? no we were happy with it you know <laughs> the, the thing about uh the monday night shows is that you you're not sure about if the energy is going to be good in the room just because because we play, for instance, we played Thursday, Friday in Calgary, and Thursday was great, but Friday like had a Friday night energy to it. Right, people were just looser, and so Monday I was a little worried about it, but uh, it went great. It the one awesome. thing about Vancouver is that uh, no one in this city has a job, <laughs> so it legitimately doesn't matter. Like you planned your tour out perfectly. You could be here Sunday night, 
Monday night. Everyone's unemployed. It's it's a miracle they can afford your tickets. Uh, so, unemployed, really? Yeah. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. You have no idea how much EI money really you it's, took from the Canadian government last night. You hey. got a ton. It was just that's basically what your show was. Oh, was good. Like, yeah, I no, like you did that. well. Okay. Yeah. I, I I like that. Yeah, that's, smart. It's yeah. very smart. You guys did it great. Don't waste a Friday night here because <laughs> it could be well spent somewhere yeah, else. Yeah, absolutely, yeah. absolutely. I was gonna say though, the difference between those shows over the five years is probably. Uh, you're playing to an audience in 2011 who doesn't really know you. Yeah, so when you're, you're opening, put, yeah. you're putting out the the energy to try and win the crowd over. Uh-huh. Basically, how much different is it for you to play a show last night where pretty much everybody is obviously on board right from the get go? Yeah, it's great. It's very exciting, and also just like to see, especially the stuff from the new. It's funny. It's like um, the the song that like maybe used to connect the most, like when it came to, like a sing along was John Lennon off our first record. That was sort of like the big the kind of climax of the set. But now we have all these like newer fans who have gone on board just on this record. And some of them like, maybe didn't even know John Lennon, that song, but they, but they really connected with all the new stuff. So that's another thing that's uh, really cool to see. But I'll tell you the, even if everybody's having a good time in the crowd, I'll always sort of just find the one guy mm-hmm. who like looks a little bored and that'll like, kind of like bum me out. Yeah. And I'll be like, I gotta get that guy. Uh, <laughs> or if somebody accidentally yawns in a show, I'll like give him a stern look. <laughs> That's like stand up, Same deal. It doesn't matter. And especially because in stand up, and it's probably similar when you're playing, like you can really only see the first two or three rows. The lights are so mm-hmm. bright. It's tough to see the back of the room. And yeah, it's exact. It's something about being a human. I think it's like you, you see the one and especially in stand-up you know you'll get some guy like wearing an affliction shirt in the front <laughs> row who's like got his arms folded over yeah. his big chain and you're like i'm determined like i'm gonna talk about my dick in a way that is going to get this guy <laughs> to laugh because i need that for me it doesn't totally. it doesn't matter how how much you're crushing if he never laughs that's all no, that's, that's what that's what i'll think about yeah, i'll be like totally. wow re- why couldn't terry just really get into one just one time <laughs> I like his name is terry that's yeah good. of course, it <laughs> <laughs> of course <it> was terry. <laughs> well what's like the difference for for you guys when you go down to the states and have to play the a same kind of show that you would five years ago in canada and win people over yeah it's um yeah it's probably the the, the equivalent is is like i feel like the Arkell shows in Canada, like everybody has kind of gets it. And I feel like just because we have a bigger profile around here, it's like people come to the show sort of expecting or excited about a certain kind of experience. And when we go to the States or we go to Europe, or whatever, the shows are really good, but it takes a little bit more work to get people like on board with like what the show's supposed to be, which is like, you got to have fun. You got to try to move your body, sing along, like do like do the things that happened at the Commodore last night. So, so, and it's only because we, we haven't been going down there for quite as long or haven't been down there quite as much. But the, the hope is that, you know, things will all sort of catch up to each other and, uh, you know, and people will be able to get on board in the way they do in Canada. Is it pretty similar when you play like a, a town that's like close to the border? Like is Buffalo Buffalo's really good. Buffalo is like a Canadian province, basically. Seriously. Like they just like love hockey. They love the tragically hip. And uh, <laughs> seriously, it's crazy. And they like love, and they love Canada too. Like buff, people in Buffalo love Canada. There's, there's no like resentment about like those fucking Canadians up there. It's like, no, it's like, oh, they, they like eat up like the edge one Oh two is the radio station in Toronto. Yeah. They all listen to that one. Uh, yeah, it's great. Yeah, some of the border towns are good. Uh, Seattle, though, we haven't Seattle much. Well, West, is, it feels like a little different. Yeah. And there's a bit more. It's, Seattle's a little further away, right? It's a couple hours? Uh, about two and a half. Two and a half, half from here, yeah. 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 Uh, well, you guys have been in the studio recently, yeah. the last few months. 
uh, when are we going to be hearing that kind of stuff? Yeah, it's uh, we're really excited about it. We um, it's basically finished. Uh, we we have to a couple mixed tweaks and track listing and stuff like that. We we getting album art together. And so the, the first song is probably going to come out in uh, in May, maybe. Uh, I'm, I don't even think I'm supposed to be talking about this, but uh, <laughs> okay, no, like no one got... listens to this, okay. <laughs> so you're fine. This is like yelling it into the woods. <laughs> uh, yeah, and I think the record's going to come out in the summer. And how much restraint is it taking for you to not be playing those songs on this tour? Well, we don't really know how to play them yet. Like, <laughs> uh, it takes a while to, when you put out, when you make, because you practice before you go in the studio, and then when you go in the studio, everything changes. Because so it's like, no matter how prepared you are, parts change and sounds change and so we haven't really begun to like rehearse those songs yet so if we tried to play them it would just be a nightmare but for now i like just like playing them on the speakers like in the car just because that's that's exciting right to get get the mixes back and like being in the studio is kind of tedious i don't i'm not crazy about it it's sort of just like long days it kind of goes slowly i mean you have to do it that way there's no like substitute. yeah of course if, if, if everybody worked in my style like it would just sound like shit because i'd be like ah, we're good right after one take <laughs> yeah uh i mean i'm glad that some of the other guys are a little bit more yeah rick rubin's in the room calling you a pussy and yeah. telling you to do it 45 more times apparently rick rubin though is very like hands off really yeah, very well, one of the steve story- albini then that's the yeah movie. that's a better reference yeah yeah, yeah. he's a little bit more <laughs> i'm wasting my tape collection for this yeah albini did you hear him on wtf he had an interesting no movie. i had i i heard it was great though yeah i didn't uh yeah he's a funny guy he's a weird dude yeah. and i think he owns like 95 percent of like the world's tape oh really yeah, yeah. Because he he just like bought like when they stopped making the analog tapes he just bought he just bought everything bought them all yeah yeah interesting dude yeah he is <laughs> I agree okay let's well, talk about yeah. sports well when I I got one more question well, about music and then that will lead into I'm sports because whenever I bring you guys up as the as the best live act in Canada uh-huh. uh, people will say oh I don't know about that have you seen Monster Truck oh, nice. and there's a commonality between the two of you yeah you're both from Hamilton we're Ontario we're those guys yeah yeah uh, so what is it about Hamilton that you just have to be great live. Well, and also let's we can't forget Hamilton royalty, the Constantines. They're not from Hamilton. They're, they from, not? they're Guelph. Well, oh, that's right. Close yeah, enough. Down, down the road. Put yeah. him in his place. Yeah. Yeah. Put him in his place. No, you're right. I, I, right. I, no, I do love the he Constantines. He deserves it. Uh, yeah, I don't know. There's uh, there are a lot of good bands. I feel like there is. It's one of those things where. Uh, like a healthy like sense of competition is always kind of brings out the best in people i mean and that like we're like we they're all neighborhood guys like i was talking to jeremy on in monster truck on the phone and we've toured with our first tour ever brandon uh the keyboard player was in a band called saint albert cartel years ago we toured with them steve was in this band called the reason so like everybody sort of knows each other but i think it's good because when when you see another band like doing good work or even if somebody says monster trucks like the best live like I'm always like fuck okay we really got to bring it tonight it's good it's like one of those things like I remember reading something about um, the reason why so much m- good music came out of Detroit like in the Motown era is that they had like a lot of like a few really good like songwriters and then when somebody else wrote a song they're like oh shit I gotta write another song today you know oh you wrote a song today okay I gotta go write another song you know it's it it makes you work because if you don't think anybody else is doing work then you can it's easy to slack off but when you know that somebody else is like doing good stuff you're like okay I gotta do good stuff too so yeah, I, that, that's probably what it is. You know, you can go to a show and see like other bands like really killing it, and you you want to do the same thing. And you want to, and sometimes you know, honestly, sometimes in the back of my mind, I, I like on stage, I'll be like, 
you know, July taco. They're, they're, they, they'd probably be doing something really provocative in this moment. <laughs> so, uh, I was like, I, like, I got to go kiss Mike or something. No, uh, no, but you know, but, but, but like really bring like uh, an energy to like really make it captivating and exciting, you know, uh, when, when you go and play live. And, and so I do think about that where it's like, yeah, don't be don't be boring, you know. <laughs> Especially if you're a rock man. And you're mentioning Motown there. Yeah, you're a huge fan of Motown, obviously. Uh-huh. Uh, you guys do like at least one cover on your SoundCloud a year. Oh yeah, yeah. And and during the shows also live. Uh, is that just like proximity to Detroit, or um, is is that part of uh, you know just like what you had playing in the house growing up? Yeah. Um, so my dad went to school in Detroit. Uh, he's from he's originally from New York City, but then went to University of Wayne State, which is right in Detroit in the '60s, and he was like the camp campus radio DJ so he trucked around his like vinyl collection for years uh, and we had them when I was a kid growing up and the, the, the two things I listened to the most as a kid was the Beatles and Motown and just and I think that's really uh, like I'm really grateful for that because like the one thing like I bring to the band is like sort of a sense of songwriting like you know I lyrics and melody and um, and like Motown and the Beatles are like the fundamental like great songwriters of popular music i think mm-hmm. uh and uh so yeah stuff like t- and the thing which is really cool about motown is like y- even though it was sort of set up in a pop kind of way where it's like they the songwriters and then the, the performers they didn't necessarily cross over all the time like the temptations didn't always write those songs like the lyrics are so awesome they're like they're very heartfelt and sweet and um smart uh and yeah just the arrangements are always incredible so yeah, it has, yeah, I think because my dad was in Detroit was was why. Well, we, I, we I feel connected to it. We talked about the the music scene in Hamilton. Mm-hmm. Let's talk a little bit about the sports scene. Yeah. in Hamilton, it's a one team town, obviously. Yeah, we got an OHL team now, though, which is exciting uh, too. Ooh, yeah. Well, Steelheads, is that right? Uh, no, no, it's uh, the Bulldogs still. Oh, oh yeah, yeah. Oh, right, AHL. AHL. Right. No, no, no. Uh, the AHL team moved. And oh, now, I see. And, oh, yeah, because they moved to St. John's. St. John's, and, and now they're the OHL yeah, that's team. Right. I okay. think they from they moved from Peterborough. I want to say. No, not Peterborough. Sorry, Belleville. 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 Yeah, came right. to Hamilton. Belleville's no longer a town. They just <laughs> shut it down. Yeah. So they had to move the team. <laughs> They're like, ah, oh, we've had enough of being in this was, location. Was, yeah, was this Belleville? No. Yeah. <laughs> are we in Belleville? What is this place? Yeah. For well, sure. the Thai Cats are obviously huge mm. in Hamilton. Uh, and you guys wrote a song for them. We did. I don't know if that's like a, a rally song, a fight song, like what to call that. It's really. a touchdown song. Okay. That so they play it. Do whenever, they play it? They, every time the Ticats score a touchdown, they play the song. And it's cool, like, because they asked us a couple years to do ago to do it, like in 2012, I want to say. And I was like, I kind of, I like when people ask us to do stuff just because yeah. it's like, I, I like the idea of a challenge and just like, oh, this would be kind of interesting and what a unusual sort of unique position to be put in. Yeah. So I was like, all right, we'll try. We'll see, you know, if we can come up with something kind of cool. And we came up with something like really quickly. I was like, okay, this, this feels pretty good. It feels pretty sincere too. It doesn't feel like we're doing something that's like, doesn't sound like us. It kind of, it's kind of like a dumb, like Rolling Stonesy kind of like rock song. That, that, yeah. Because we were trying to think of like, okay, what are what are cool sports songs that that we like? And like, start me up, you know, like by the Rolling Stones and like yeah. that kind of song that you could hear on speakers. Um, and the songs "Tie Cats Are Humming." Uh, and now, like when the team's winning, people in town like, "Oh, Tie Cats are humming." Tie Cats. It's kind of become like a catchphrase in, in Hamilton, like to a certain degree. That's dope. And it's pretty cool. Like I don't know. And I, I've been to a bunch of the games, and and like they score a touchdown, and people are like, you know, <laughs> "Was sing. there a temptation though to just kind of write like something really 
stupid. Like <laughs> they got a fucking touchdown. <laughs> Tie cats fucking touchdown. Or Steve like damn baby. Uh, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, uh, <laughs> I'm sure the thought crossed my mind. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'm sure they paid you enough that it was. You're like, okay, uh, we'll make something serious, but like at the same time, you're like, oh man, we this no, we didn't get paid. Fun. Oh well, we, we just did it for free. Oh wow, Jeez. I think they paid. Look for at the you guys, yeah. men, of, men of the people. You know what I? T- uh, we, I have a friend who's done like video production work for them, and he was like, he was like, oh, the tie cats really pay a lot of money if they like they, they'll give me some jobs, and I get it's awesome. They got budgets. I was like, and he's like, how much do they pay you for that tie cat song? And I was like, nothing. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, oh, I'm a terrible negotiator. <laughs> like, oh my god, I gotta call my agent. That's how uh, when we uh, when we my when Mike and I pitched the show to Much and Bell, uh, um, we we're like, we want to do this podcast, you know. Like, let us do the podcast. And then our boss guy, Justin, he's a great guy. Um, he goes, okay, cool. Like, well, how much is it going to cost me? I'm like, we'll do it for free. <laughs> and then Mike's like, Mark, shut up. <laughs> 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 I, was like, I was like, oh, yeah, guys. I should not be in charge of negotiations uh, moving forward. <laughs> so what you're saying is with our, like, low amount of Patreon donors and people that give us, like, $2 a month, we're making more than you are yeah, for your podcast. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 <laughs> <laughs> well, that makes me feel slightly better about S- myself. Speaking of Patreon... Uh, we could talk about how, the, you know, if you want to support the show, and people often do, you can head on over to patreon.com slash realgoodshow and kick yeah. us a few bucks. We don't have any new donors to announce this week because we recorded like three days ago, but that's what you do when you have a big guest coming in. We do, however, have something for a segment uh, we call Review Review because there are a few ways you can help the show. You can donate to it or you can head online to the iTunes store and leave us a review there. This week's review, however, does not come from the iTunes store. No. This is, uh, this is basically proof that if you review our show anywhere on the internet, we will find it. Even <laughs> though I, ac- I do uh, tell the listeners every week exactly how to leave an iTunes review, which if you need a review, you go iTunes logo. It's the blue button. Write it down the blue. Yeah, it's blue again. Or no, it's white, it's white now. now. If it's yes. blue, again, throw your computer out the window. Should be white. <laughs> then you click on it, go to Real Good Show, search it in the search bar, leave a review. But in this case... We scoured the internet as we often do for our own names, and Max, I'm sure you're no stranger to that as well. You know, oh, it's, yeah. it's very it's very important to Google to yourself. Be, yeah, to be sure what everyone on Twitter thinks of you. <laughs> oh, and, I do. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> there was a uh, yeah, you, you know, yeah, I do the like just the, the straight up, not the at search. You know, okay, yeah. And uh, there was a good uh, tweet the other day after the show, and I just retweeted it, even though it wasn't at us. It was like at our Kel show, so period many period hipster period boys <laughs> I, I saw that it was clearly yeah. like a 16 year old girl my yeah. dad's getting an rt right yeah oh, absolutely yeah she yeah she's like so horny and 16 yeah. years old Super <laughs> horny. i wish the arkells sold panties because mine are fucked right now they're uh, they're no longer usable uh but this review comes to us from the pages of reddit Ooh. Uh, yeah. <laughs> in, a, in a thread called Best NHL Podcast 2016 with a question mark. Yeah, just in case. Yeah, in 2015, we were shit. But yeah. in 2016, with three episodes in, we're killing it. Somebody recommended our program, and Beweave23 from Detroit posted, I listened to these guys yesterday and liked them a lot. They are a younger group of guys. That's the review. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> Which, and we've always said, a real good show, home of a couple younger guys. Yeah. So. And our regular co-host, Stefan, is not here today, Max. You're filling in for him. Yeah. Because he's pulling a shift at the toilet factory today. Really? That's not a joke. Oh, that's a cool job. Yeah, he works at a toilet, a toilet warehouse. <laughs> right. Laying um, lay pipes. So you're bringing up the average age of the show right now. Oh, how old are you guys? I'm 28. 30. I'm 29. And right Stefan's 26. Oh, so okay. you're bringing it I up. See. Okay, cool. Yeah, so... Not so young this week, but still pretty young. Yeah. A younger group. Young, so thank you, Bra- Brandon. It was B-Weave 23. Oh, B- <laughs> hey, you, got, you guys are crossing over the border, though. That's exciting. Yeah. It is exciting. Yeah, we've yeah. got a and few. And we talk about your band quite a bit, or I have anyways. And uh, no, a, few I, uh, our, yeah, okay. a few of our Me American too. listeners have, have picked it up. I really? tweeted about the show last night, and one of our, our listeners was saying, uh, I discovered that band thanks to Real Good Show. Really? And I thank can't wait guys. to go see them when they come to L.A. So oh, amazing. you uh, we'll can look forward forward to rat turd slash piss being at your show <laughs> is that his name that's, LA. that's his twitter, twitter name. name okay tell rat if you're listening rat turd uh we'll, we're replying at the roxy and you need to introduce yourself to me i'll be kicking around the venue i'm not hard to find and you have to introduce yourself as rat turd and i'll remember slash piss slash rat turd slash piss like, i'm rat turd piss good to meet you uh, rat turd <laughs> oh man, we have a yeah, we have a lot of users that have very questionable <laughs> names. Maybe at Dog Boner, we're all we'll also be at the <laughs> he show. Might be, he might yeah. be. Um, but <laughs> well, that's good stuff. Getting back to what we were talking about before <laughs> that little review review break in there, uh, people just assume that you're like a huge CFL fan now because of of that song that you wrote. Yeah, is that a problem? For and you? who is really a CFL fan at the end of the day? <laughs> Um, you know what also I'll say is that um, compared to other sports, <laughs> I'm not as in the know for like daily transactions or like league gossip. Or <laughs> you're not. Or you're not standings. keeping up with the CFL waiver wire. I, I'm not. I'm really not. <laughs> but I do. I'll say this. I do love uh, the culture around the CFL in in that. There's places like we played in Regina on a game day, and nobody comes to our show. People just like love like that team in that town and in hamilton it's really cool because we just have this this new stadium that's just been built tim hortons field and it's in it's really interesting it's in the east end of town which is sort of like the working class neighborhood of hamilton's like it's where like a lot of people who would have worked at like you know steel mills would uh, live and it has a really like neighborhood like community vibe to it and uh it's like have you been wrigley field in chicago it's like that's in a neighborhood it's like not like just off the freeway or something right and it means a lot to the people like in hamilton so i so i really appreciate the cfl in that way in the same way that's like you know it's like in in america like a high school football team to a small town or like a college college football team to you know like a college town can mean a lot is is tailgating a thing in hamilton does that happen before the ticats games uh not not really but but people around in the neighborhood will rent out their lawn for parking nice which i I, I like which i think is always like a cool 10 bucks well i feel like in hamilton too like people here's the thing you have to remember like people are already getting drunk at work so it's like (laughs) by the time they get to the game it's just another yeah they're just they're just like oh shit friday night what i'm obviously starting to drink at 2 p.m i don't need a tailgate to tell me what to do max are you surprised that like the sheepdogs haven't written a song for the rough riders at this point you know what or is that your thing have you like no well we actually made a bet with the sheepdogs when the the rough riders played the ticats in the great cup and whoever lost the game would have to wear the other team's jersey so i so we lost and i had to wear a a rough riders jersey sorry to hear about that yeah but you know i think you and 
likes the NFL. I think he's a big NFL guy. Ewan's a singer. We've talked about so Ewan's actually a big sports guy too. You should have him on the show. We, we actually we might be. Oh, good. Are. As in we are. Oh, good. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So yeah. we might as well just reveal that right now. <laughs> yeah. oh, we kept oh. your appearance a big secret, but sorry. All right. Yeah. Well, yeah. He he knows he knows his sports too. He's That's what this podcast where you revealed that you might have a new single and album yeah. coming out. We revealed that we're going to have the leads. We're going to have Ewan on the show. So it's a you know it's a it's reveal all about episode. Big reveals. Today. Yeah. yeah. That's cool. Yeah. <laughs> That's what the kids want. They want That's to know that and that is who listens to this podcast. Mostly young people. Mostly. Yeah. Mostly kids. Yeah. 11 and under is our demographic. Uh, well, let's talk about sports that you do care about. <laughs> yeah. And that would be, first and foremost, the NBA. This is the reason that you're on the show. It's part of your press tour. Yes. I had to. The Arkells tour was just an excuse to do press for my, my campaign. <laughs> yeah. Which is, uh, do you want to explain to the, to the listeners what your campaign is? Uh, my campaign is to get into the NBA Celebrity All-Star Game in a couple weeks in Toronto. Yes. Are yeah. you ins- insulted that they didn't invite you? Uh, not really. Uh, okay, how can you say not really when the property guys are on the celebrity? Oh, because, I mean, brothers. let's be honest here. You know what? Okay, so the way it works, so I have a friend that works at MLSC. Okay. And uh, so he's sort of, like, broken down, like, how the celebrity all-star game works. Okay. And I guess it's a big American, like, it's on TV. It's, like, on ESPN. Yeah, it's a big like deal. It's, yeah. a, it's a really big deal. And I guess a lot of, like, the networks and, um, like, movie companies and stuff will sometimes, like, even pay to get their like stars in an upcoming thing into the game oh, because it's really good marketing value. And right. that's what I didn't even really think about. So it's like a couple years ago when Michael B. Jordan uh, right. was playing the game, like before he was Michael B. Jordan, uh, you know, I think like that, the company might've like, Hey, like we'll kick in some extra dollars or whatever. So I mean, he's got to be good at basketball. His name is Michael, Michael Jordan. I know. I know. <laughs> he, yeah. He's, I think he's actually pretty good at basketball too. And uh, he, uh, so there's, there's a little bit of politics and that goes on. Okay. And, and also it's like, you know we're a, we're a Canadian rock and roll band, but like compared, I think the Property Brothers have a pretty big show on American like cable. Oh, so, maybe I, I I don't know. So I, th- just, I so I think for whatever reason when I saw the lineup, I'm like they don't need to be in there. Yeah, well, me that's what I said too. <laughs> 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 uh, and uh, so I've been I've been trying. I think there might be like I know there's still some emails kicking around saying like is there any like last minute dropouts or can we just add an extra roster spot? All right. Nice. So uh, and I've been making some like uh, videos that I'm putting on my Instagram. Yeah. I've yeah. been, been watching those. Yeah. You've been asking your Twitter followers for to, like to, to RT it uh, or a spot. Um, you know, you're, you're looking for spots to join pickup games while you're. Oh, that's true. Right it, it was. Yeah. Because I wanted just in case I get the call, I got to be in game shape. Yeah, right? absolutely. So exactly. in Calgary, I, went, I tweeted. I was like, anybody want to play basketball tonight? And these guys who were coming to the show the next night were like, uh, we can get you a gym. And they like 10 of them showed up and we played five on five for a couple hours. It was awesome. That's great. Yeah, and they you like, put up the same call on Sunday night in Vancouver. Yeah, right? that didn't work. Uh, Steve was, Nash didn't come through for Steve you. Steve Nash did not tweet back at me. Thanks, <laughs> wow, uh, what a guy! I, I There's a couple, but uh, one of the gyms was out in like Burnaby or something like that. There's a couple of suggestions, yeah, but uh, I'm, I'm saying downtown. It seemed like yeah. a real trick. Wow. Again, no one in Vancouver plays sports. No, the, no, because then you can't fit into skinny jeans if you get uh, you know how it too is. much it's leg like, muscle. Yeah, it's too much. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Running is not. A I, thing. I feel like I see a lot of joggers though. No joggers, yes, but, but not like sports. But not, but yeah, basketball. Uh-huh. It's too. You might get hit in the face. It's, oh yeah, it's you a lot of trouble. Yeah, because I felt like um, the the team this year. Like I think the opportunity to play with uh, Milos would be pretty. That, yeah, that I like Milos. I, I got a dude crush on Milos. Oh, who doesn't? Who doesn't? That hair. I mean, give me a break. Who else is on the team? Win Butler's on the team. Oh yeah. 
yeah, yeah. Win Butler. Drake, and I heard he's pretty good at basketball. Yeah, he is really good at and basketball. And Drake's the coach. Drake is coaching. That's mostly why I want to do it, just because I could buddy up with Drake. That'd be great. Well, be pretty cool. Here's yeah. the whole team right here. Uh, Drake is coaching assistant coaches Steve Nash and Jose Batista. Uh, Batista's not playing. I thought he was no, playing. He's no, he's coach, coaching. Yeah. He doesn't. He's never played basketball. Uh, I feel like Batista would just judge me the whole time. He'd oh, be like, he is for sure. Like, You're not working out enough. You know, <laughs> <laughs> you know he's, yeah. he, I feel like he's so... Like intense. He's so fo- Oh yeah. yeah, he wants to win that game more than anything. Yeah, like he's he, already he, forgot about last season. He'd yank he's me just... pretty quickly after a turnover. He'd oh, he's like, take it seriously. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and Canada's team will feature Stephen James from Race. Uh, that's a thing. Uh, I don't apparently, know. I don't know you could probably replace that guy. <laughs> I hope yeah. so. Arcade <laughs> Fires Win Butler. Yeah. Drew and Jonathan Scott from the W Network's Property Brothers. Uh, yeah. Professional tennis player Milo Shraunich. That's pretty cool. Actor and singer Chris Wu. I don't know who that no, is. Me neither. Seven-time NBA All. All-star Tracy McGrady. Not Canadian. Not Canadian no, not at all, so you at should all. take his spot, too. And and also left Toronto. NBA yeah. TV analyst city. Rick Fox. That's cool. And yeah, that's good stuff. Natalie Achanwa of the Indiana Fever and Canada's Women's National Oh, that's team. cool. Oh, yeah. So... Well, you got to have a you got and you got to have a girl in there. Yeah, so that's perfect. Yeah, Google's. so there's got to be at least a couple there's guys There's room for you. Out. Or there, I always think in like... Um, Kind of like a Tanya Harding type situation. Oh. But maybe you could get Joey Bats to like maybe to, to knock somebody yeah, out. Yeah, knock out, bat flip, boom, you're in there. <laughs> and we Kerman. could just hold off on dropping this episode until after until this after. happens. Yeah. So this is your alibi. I was like, yeah. I was, I was here re- the whole time. I was recording a podcast Did in it Vancouver. Me? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah, no, I think I think you'd be a good fit. I mean, I saw your, you know, one take. One three pointer, one take three pointer, yeah. no big deal. And I'm sure it was only one take. It so. actually was. It yeah. was. That time was actually. I, I, that, time, <laughs> that time. That time was actually. <laughs> <laughs> the dunk on the six foot net did take a few. A few, a few if few you takes. okay, so say you did play and uh-huh. you get buddied up with, uh, you get buddied up with Drake. Uh-huh. How long do you think it would be before we see a Drake? X Arkells track because uh, that's how they do it, right? They yeah, do, like the, the Drake X. Times or yeah, like yeah. X Arkells. Uh, I love that. I, yeah, I'm actually a big Drake fan. Like, oh, me, I love him. Yeah, and um, yeah, I was very excited when Summer '16 came out oh, the other day. Great track. Yeah, yeah, uh, and when the Rihanna song came out, uh, yeah. a couple days ago as Absolutely. well. Absolutely. So yeah, I mean, I, I, I'd be pushing for it. Actually, we have a song uh, on our new record called Drake's Dad. <laughs> I'm not joking. Uh, I, I know you're not. <laughs> and uh, so maybe that will you know, help, you know, with nice. our friendship. Grease the wheels yeah. a little bit. Drake's dad. I like that. Are yeah. you trying? Because he's, I, I feel like he's kind of not super tight with his dad, right? Like, because he, he talked about that in the, uh, like, I think there's some friction. From Time song with Janae Iko. Yeah. yeah oh, you know a, your stuff. Oh, I'm a, I'm a big Drake guy. Yeah, I'm on it. <laughs> no, the, uh, so the, maybe this is like, maybe you can we'll help the two them. of them reconnect and then it'll be like, well, I got to get. I got to get on this Arkells jam. Yeah, and, uh, that'd be cool. That'd be, be awesome cool. if we were his band, his backup band. That would tour. be sick. That would be very cool. I would be into it for sure. Because I saw his backup band, and they were like fine. They're fine, but, but they're no Arkells. I'll, I'll ask you right. <laughs> <laughs> the question is, how good do you look in all white? Because this mm, band was most definitely <laughs> wearing all white. So I don't know how good I look in all white. I, I feel like I got like barbecue sauce on it or something like <laughs> before the show and all the lights. Like, ah. Yeah, that's good. Well, you're currently the only write-in candidate for the celebrity game. So yeah, that's exciting. I think you know if the NHL All Star Game this past weekend proved anything. I know the power of the fan. You know? Write-in campaigns and Twitter can accomplish literally anything. Mm-hmm. And if it doesn't work out for you to be a player, I was thinking watching you on stage last night. 
you are like the ultimate hype man. They should at least be getting you to do the PA announcing. That's what I'm saying. Is like just put me on the end of the bench. I'll be the morale guy. I'll be like the towel waver. I'll be the ass slapper. You know? Yeah. You could be because you've you've seen that college team where like yeah, the, I the, love that. Yeah, where the bench guys are basically yeah, more the, famous than the team. You could be like le- and stuff. Yeah, absolutely. I you would and love Milos that. at the end of the bench just come up with cool handshakes and stuff. Yeah. Oh yeah. I would love that. You'd be wearing the sleeve. You and Milo should have some kind of like, Ooh, I like ultra fluorescent sleeve going on and rock yeah, it out. We would definitely come come up with some like awesome bench. Your cat is he's really sniffing me out. Yeah, no, he's he, he likes new people. He, like he likes that. to see what's up. We just got the five-minute sign. Five-minute warning. Uh, <laughs> you're a big Raptors fan. I'm a big Raptors fan. So yeah. let's talk about the Raps right uh-huh. now. Uh, they have two star players in their prime right now. Yeah. What do you do if you're Messiah right now? With the deadline fast approaching, is this the year to, to push your chips in? Yeah, I guess so. I mean, I don't know. I'm a little bit at a loss like, with the Raptors because it doesn't feel like they're, you know, could – because who's going to beat Golden State? That's really the yeah, question. Yeah, but who's going to be? I don't think we'll beat Cleveland either. Toronto's played Golden State pretty well. Yeah, though. Toronto has have played, actually played Golden State. Uh, they yeah. actually should have beat them both times. I know, which is those both both those games were amazing. Yeah, um, yeah. I don't know. Like the league, uh, I feel like we could use like a, just a better big man. I think because I love Corey Joseph as a backup guard. When's Carroll coming back? He, uh, it could be sure. a while. They were, be a they, while. Were, they were saying like eight weeks, like four weeks ago. You know, so. it's funny. It's like I just don't tr- – basically, I'm just beginning to trust DeRozan. Like I even in going to this year, I was like, you know, I know his numbers are nice or whatever, but I just don't trust him that much as like a go-to guy. Right. And just this year, I'm beginning to trust him. Nice. Uh, but I still don't really trust Jonas either. Like, yeah. I don't know. I feel like we need one more like dependable guy. Like uh, I'm trying to think who – you know what I'll say? I'll say for me while you're thinking. Yeah. Uh, I started to trust DeRozan like anyone uh, once he got once he stopped having Invisalign braces. I think that's <laughs> for me. That's it's really hard for me to trust anybody when they're rocking Invisalign. You know what I mean? Because it's like I can see them still. You know, just go full adult braces. <laughs> Get the headgear. Who gives a shit? We all know what's going on, Demar. You can't be a pro athlete rocking Invisalign. You know what I mean? So I feel like he finally he, he, got got the te- he got the teeth thing sorted yeah. out. I mean, it's still not great, but he got it. It's better. You know what I mean? I feel like his confidence is a lot higher now. That might have something to do with it. I think it is. Yeah, <laughs> you, the, uh, yeah I mean, I love, by the way, Lowry and DeRozan. I didn't realize like how, how such good friends they were. And yeah, they were our clip of the week a couple of weeks ago when they did it? the math. Thing. Oh, that was, was so funny yeah. in, in England. One three. Yeah. One of three. He's like, he's like USC, huh? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about? Yeah. No, I don't. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. is it just one of those things where Golden State and potentially Cleveland are just so good that doesn't matter how good your team is, you know, making the big moves? Yeah, is and, and not, not even Golden it. State. Like Golden State is obviously amazing, but San Antonio is amazing. OKC is going to be really good. Uh, the Clippers, like, you know, I know that they have a history of choking, but they could be like, you know, I, I can I see them making the finals if things like tip their way. The thing with basketball is like, you know, you, like the Clippers beat San Antonio last year and then fell apart against Houston. But if they didn't have that one game collapse, they would have been in the um, in the conference final against Golden State. Right. Yeah. And 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 like I can see them going head to head with goals. I don't know. And that, that's just in just the West. like the Raptors though. They play them super well and just can't. And just can't finish at the end. Yeah. I know. Yeah. So I mean, I I feel like 
I don't see. I see Toronto being able to beat every other team in the East but Cleveland. I don't think they'd beat Cleveland in a seven-game series to get to the final. But that all said, it's like I think as a sports fan, like the idea of like let's go all in, let's like let's try to make a trade, let's spend a little extra money so you can give the fans the experience of like making into the third round of the playoffs. That was like, exactly what the Blue Jays did, basically. Yeah, totally. And that in itself is like especially when you haven't had it in a while. If, if you're a team that's perennial, perennially going back, uh, you know, to the conference finals or whatever, then sure you can reevaluate after like your fourth try. But I feel like for, for Raptors fans, it's like. Get past the second round. Like let's let's try to do that this year, and uh, and that that in itself would be worth like investing in. You know, I don't know in some kind of trade where we don't have to like rely on Jonas. I just don't. Do you guys like Jonas? I I kind of do. Really, yeah. man. I, I have know. a Raps jersey. It's got Valanciunas on the back. See, I just, maybe he's got a stupid tattoo. You know, I mean, yeah. White, see, like, you know when that, white guys got stupid tattoos, <laughs> that kind of drives me crazy. Yeah, absolutely. Well, it just I have no you, sympathy for like. Are there guys good tattoo it. artists in Lithuania though? That's the question you got to ask. Like, I've never been there, but yeah. I'm sure there's not guys that are running around. Vaduz, I think that's the capital. Is that what it is? Uh, you know, <laughs> running smart. around like, oh yeah, here we go. Let's let's get some dope tattoos rolling. I don't yeah, know. yeah. I, I agree with you that I don't know. It's hard. It's hard to not sound racist. Um, <laughs> hey, the, hey, listen. The Raptors have. We're all you know what I mean? Like, it's hard not to sound racist against white European <laughs> players, but because Kristaps, like New York, was not happy. No, I know. And he is looking like the second coming. No, but of, the Raptors fans have a long history of trauma when it comes to big white guys who suck. Yeah. So it's like time. starting with Zontabak. You remember oh him wow! In, in yeah, that's going way back. And then like just down the line, Rafael Arujo. Yes, yeah, like, he was one of the worst players. Had I've so ever seen. many shitty white guys from Europe. From Europe. Yeah, it's not good. So we just don't have a good experience with them. So you know, there might be some racism. Yeah, uh, but it's like, sh- but show me something more. You know, beat my racism. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like <laughs> to be like be better than my racism. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Well, Max, we gotta wrap this up, unfortunately, because we're about to lose you. You gotta leave to go do an interview at the radio station that I work. Yeah, for. so I'm being screwed over by my own employer right again. <laughs> <laughs> Before you go, however, we just mentioned we do a segment called Clip of the Week, oh, yeah. and uh, I'll let you play this. This week's clip comes from our own program. This is episode 31. This one goes all the way back to episode 13, and I will let you hear a little bit of this right now. Rory Mallet asks, who's your dream podcast guest? Hard mode, no taffers allowed. Adolf Hitler. <laughs> to to oh, give a no. serious answer, I oh, tweeted... That was a serious answer. <laughs> this is it. I, That's I, officially it. This is the last episode. <laughs> We're not going to talk broadcast. I tweeted that. Uh, oh my god! NPR. Arkells is making wishes <laughs> not happen. Not public radio. What? Arkells is making wishes hey. happen at the moment, and I sent them my eleven eleven wish that I want Max Kerman to come and be a guest on our show. So. Yeah, but he might just do that anyway because we have lots of mutual friends. Yeah. So we'll so see. I don't think we need their like eleven eleven wish. <laughs> That's you what go. you say it too. <laughs> yeah, where I'm just like, ah, oh, he's probably going to come. You don't have to tweet out. Well, him. you we'll know be- what? Uh, I'm friends with Mitch. Do you know Mitch? Is I he, do. Mitch is a good friend of yeah, mine. Yeah, and Mitch loves your show. And so when Jess had mentioned this about it, and then I went up for, Mitch came out of the studio actually, and then we were just talking about this and that, and he said like, your podcast is like the one he never misses. So, and Mitch has fine taste. So it's like, all right. Nice. Yeah, no, so we, uh, after this appearance, are we in your rotation now? Yeah, you're getting the subscribe. You already got the subscribe. Oh, beautiful. Amazing. All awesome. right. Well, I just wanted to play that clip because uh, 
This is uh, this is a dream come true. Thank you this guys is, for having this me. This is literally the coolest thing that's ever happened to me, <laughs> and I on. made it through the whole interview without crying once. <laughs> this isn't even in my top ten, so. but I do really appreciate you being here. So thank you very much, Max. It's been a pleasure. Awesome, guys. Thank you for having me. No problem. Thank you. <laughs> So Max just left. Uh, that was a thing that yeah. happened. Max Kerman was in my apartment. Uh, we talked to him, and uh, you didn't cry. I didn't cry a single time. Which is, well, I uh, cried in the car on the way over here. But during during the interview itself, I didn't cry. You are like uh, you are so close. Like okay, let's put it this way. <laughs> Because we know on our podcast, the crying man is the man who has been cocked. Yes. Right? Now, you seem to just cry a lot anyway. Like we've said, you're the crying guy, which is different than the crying man, because that just means you're an emotional person. You're the crying guy. I'm the the in touch with his feelings man. Yeah, exactly. Different from being the crying man. Yeah, or the crying guy. I like the crying guy better, but um, (laughs) because it says crying in it, um, because you do the crying a lot. So that's that's really good. Um, No, but see, because I think that... Basically, uh, if you were to ever be cocked, how much do you think you would actually cry? Probably not at all. Really? Yeah. You don't think you would cry at all? No. Like, I are think, you one of those guys that wants to I be cocked? I save my crying for like when like the lead singer of my favorite band is going to come on my show. So, uh, <laughs> yeah, no, that's yeah, fair. I, I, or like I watched Up with Carrie this past weekend. Oh, yeah, I well, probably cried like five times. If anyone doesn't cry at Up, then uh, then they have problems. Like, ugly crying. Oh, okay, also. <laughs> no, I don't. I don't ugly cry. But it was funny. <laughs> it was funny because uh, I saw Up in theaters. I'm a big cartoon so guy, I as I've mentioned. Yeah. yeah, and I remember people being like, "Oh gosh, like Up is so emotional." Like the first five minutes of the movie, I was bawling, and I remember thinking, "Like, okay, come on." Like, I'm not going to cry in the first... Like, what could they possibly be doing in the first five minutes of the movie that I'm going to cry? Like, fuck you. Like, I didn't think that was going to... Yeah. And then, yeah. And then, of course, I'm, like, weeping like a child <laughs> when it's when it's going on. I'm like, oh, that's what they did. Okay, well... Um, really here, here did we not are. see that coming. Yeah, exactly. I mean, it, it's funny because... Fertility issues and death. <laughs> <laughs> Over the course of an entire marriage... In five minutes. Yeah, and and like cartoon, <laughs> and like it's a cartoon, but and so it somehow is like sadder almost. <laughs> You're like, oh my gosh! Like even these cartoons, like they could have drawn these cartoons to do anything, and they drawn them to get kicked in the fucking dick. <laughs> like, God, 
<laughs> son of a bitch. Like, they could have given this guy all the money in the world. He could have had 14 kids. Yeah. His dick could have worked perfectly. <laughs> but no, they're like, no, we got I think she had the fertility issues. Okay, whatever. And she could have had she also a, died, which she, just yeah. made it sadder. She could have <laughs> lived forever. She could have found the elixir of life. She could have had the most fertile <laughs> womb in existence. Uh, but instead, no. Um, and well, And it, it, it was funny because... I'm like I'm a big fan of the Arkells as well, and have been for a while. And yeah. I can say the Arkells. We got the okay from Fuck. Max, which is yeah, good. I know. I was hoping that he I know would like really come you? down on that. Yeah, no. So I so that was nice, like to uh, to to have that. But I because uh, I like him a lot, and I really like the band, and he was such a great guest. But like I felt like I almost had to be a bit of a dick to balance out the clear erection that you had the whole time. I didn't. I was just smiling at him. <laughs> I know. I at know. least I wasn't like awestruck and silent. No, no, you did That's good. what I was worried about was he was just going to sit down and I was just going to be like, well, I thought like it- stare at him <laughs> with a big smile on my face and not say anything. Just like <laughs> well, I 40 thought, minutes. I thought at the beginning you seemed a little nervous. Like I noticed your hand was shaking when a I little bit. To, sh- yeah. to shake his hand. Yeah. But yeah. then you, you settled in. Like you did good. I'm proud well, of here's you. The, here's you, you pulled it together. I've interviewed a lot of musicians on the radio. I've interviewed like Sam Roberts. Yeah. I've interviewed John Angus from the Trues. I've right. interviewed, I don't know, a fair number of so, people. So like no one that matters is what But like, saying. you know, bands that I like. Sam Roberts, I'm a huge fan. That was a big deal to mm-hmm. me to get to interview him. But like that's different because i worked for the local radio station and you feel like there's like some obligation that they have to like do the media in that town uh and this is like my own thing that i built out of nothing you know so our own thing it's different when it's like not you know because he's going he's at the radio station that i work for right for sure right this second yeah and that's kind of like a media obligation he didn't have to come here no he didn't have to acknowledge that this is a thing yeah that's true like he had i mean that's they're here for two shows so it worked out kind of nice and and um and that's we kind of got we've revealed that we are going to have you and curry from the sheepdogs on the show (laughs) as well yes because they're here um, doing the same thing exactly so it's a nice so that's really nice um and it feels like the show is becoming like a Vancouver destination, if you're a cool person, hopefully, and you're coming to Vancouver. I mean, we hope so. You want to be on real good show, which That's is a, huge. Yeah, it's awesome. Uh, it's I mean, hard for me not to like feel emotional. Oh yeah, no, that. for sure. No, it's it's uh, it, yeah, it's definitely a cool uh, moment, and I look forward to to many more. I think that we've. Uh, we, we're doing good, man. Yeah. We've done a good thing. Yeah. Well, and Stefan, of course, although he couldn't be here because he's working at the toilet, at the toilet factory. factory. And yeah. he's going to be so mad because we ran out of time before I was able to ask the questions that I promised him I would yeah. ask. Stefan might were, actually quit the podcast. Which were, this. yeah, Max, uh, have you ever watched Bar Rescue? If so, describe your favorite episode. And also... Do you remember where you were when you first heard of Bar Rescue? <laughs> so I forgot to ask those questions. Stefan, I'm sorry. I remember where I was. I was doing uh, this show yeah. in Stefan's I, no, I kitchen. Think, I think no, I think it was actually didn't didn't it get brought up in our like uh pre-show meeting? I feel Possibly? Like, yeah, I feel like that was the first time was when we met at I don't even remember the name of that place. Uh, 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 Cedar Cottage. Yeah, that's what I thought. I thought Cottage was in Cedar the name. Cedar Cottage. Okay, yeah, that's right. At Cedar Cottage, and I feel like we were we were kind of just like loosely brainstorming ideas for segments. And Stefan was like, "Well, I sent anime porn to John Taffer, so I want to talk about him." 
And I was like, who's John Taffer? And he was like, you'll see. Speaking of Stefan, it looks like he's uh, about to call into the show right now. He's on the line. So let's get that going. Awesome. All right. Well, so much for that. Yeah, apparently the Wi-Fi at the toilet factory is, is not very it's good. It's in the shitter at the moment, unfortunately. Uh, who could have seen that one coming? Uh, but he he did just try to uh, express his, his deep, sincere apologies to all of his fans out there for not being able to be on the show this week. He will be back next week. Yeah. Though. Of course. Yes. I hope so, anyway. <laughs> yeah. Maybe, I will, but yeah. I won't be here next week. So really? We'll have, yeah, I got curling provincials. I leave on Sunday. So. Look at you. I know. Is this the tournament that you need to win to make the Briar? Yes, this is it. We came second last year, so we're hoping to. And extra to ends, that. too. Lost, in, yeah, lost on the last shot of the game. That's. I feel for you. Thank you. It was like, devastating. You uh, need to win this to officially become a pro curler instead of a semi-pro curler, right? Uh, sort of. I mean, no one's really a pro curler. I mean, I guess pro really refers to like that being your job. Yeah. Um, you ever so, made money from curling ever? Yeah. <laughs> okay. One. One. All right. I had one winning season. So ever. that's semi-pro then. Uh, yeah. This season, I might win a bit. One year, I think... Okay, so let's put this in context. Is it pinties or pinties? Pinties. Pinties. I've been curling for... You need some of that chicken money. I do need that, I need that <laughs> huge chicken money. <laughs> Fuck. I know. They, Brad Jacobs and Rachel Homan got to the chicken money a lot faster than we did. Maybe because they're like Olympic gold medalists or something. I don't know. But, um, but yeah, so I've been curling for 17 years. And I've had one year where I wa- where I took money away from my curling team, and I believe it was about a thousand dollars. You stole it from them? Yeah, I stole it from curling um, <laughs> from the rest of the team. It yeah, sounded like, like you took money. No, away no, from no, your no. Like we all, like we all got a thousand dollars. Because that's the thing. No matter what you win in curling, you're also splitting it by four. It's like I had a Instagram post earlier this year where. Um, at, at one point in the cash spiel season, we were, I think, like. 17th in the world on the money list or something like that and i just tweeted out like when you're 17th in the world on the money list and that means you've won fourteen thousand dollars hashtag curling problems <laughs> split between four guys um so like yeah like well, let's look uh for example let's take a look at the pga tour uh pga tour earnings 2015 uh okay so here we go we're taking a look at the pga so yes okay so let's take a look at mine first right now so we'll we'll go to worldcurl.com uh great resource if you ever need to know who's the best in the world so we this year we are 23rd in the world uh we've won eighteen thousand six hundred dollars this year yeah this year okay and that is by far the most money i've ever made i think the most before that i had made was like 11 maybe okay so i've won eighteen thousand six hundred this year 23rd in the world uh last year oh sorry so this is um for one month in golf this is just the 2016 money list so this isn't even this isn't even a full year they've literally played four tournaments 23rd in the world is Kevin Chapel, and he has won $685,682. Uh, 
So not going great uh, <laughs> for us in curling. Um, but, you know, it, it is what it is. So I wouldn't say making the briar makes you a pro curler, but I would say that it's always been my goal to make the briar. And um, I think it would, like, legitimize my – for me, for my career. Like, I've always joked that – once I make the briar, I could quit. Like that's kind of what I've been playing for my whole life to win the province. That's like my Stanley cup. Cause that's the unique thing about the briar is that it's one entrant from every province. So it doesn't matter how good or bad your province is. You get one entrant. So you got to win your province and that's it. Team number two in the province could easily be way better than team number one in another province. Absolutely. I mean like none of it, is not even going to be team number 1,000 in they're, the world. They're having none of it. <laughs> they're having a lot of issues, <laughs> yeah. Um, so, yeah, they the none of it junior men's team lost a game 33-1 to at the junior nationals. It's like CJFL numbers. It's not great. Yeah, it's Valley Huskers. <laughs> they're, the, they're the Valley Huskers of the curling world. Um, so yeah, so it's just a case where if I make the briar, uh, it would be legitimacy for me. It would make me, it's just been a life goal since I was like, since I started basically. So that's, that's really the main thing. Well, we were talking a little bit about basketball Yes. with Max before we wrapped there. And there was one thing that we wanted to talk about with him that we didn't get to, but we could get yeah. back to that. Just the two of us, which sure. was that a, a, just the two of a us. Woj, a, a Woj bomb was yep. dropped before the podcast began recording. W bomb, which is that uh, Kevin Durant's preferred destination is golden state. If uh. he becomes a free agent in the summer. Yeah. And see, like I, okay. First of all, I want to say that I'm proud of myself because uh, I feel like I sounded like I knew what I was talking you about did. when we were. <laughs> you did. You did great. Which is terrible because I don't know anything about basketball, but Max was like taking me seriously. Yeah. <laughs> like he asked me what my opinion of Jonas Valanciunas was. I'm like, I've, I don't know. He's, well, I, I mean, I guess I answered by saying that. I he's, hate- he's a more reliable, big European white guy than I think the raps have had. Yeah. Maybe oh, ever. Ever. Oh, for sure. Ever. Yeah. I mean, there's no big country Reeves, but well, that's the sound of a Skittle hitting the floor. This episode uh, brought to you by Arkell's High Noon, but also Skittles. Nice. Yeah, I was. I made a good choice because I wanted to have some snacks for Max. He it's, ate like one of them, I'm pretty sure. He had a, he had a few Watching handfuls. his figure. You know? Yeah, oh, well, yeah, absolutely. He's a performer. Yeah, good looking dude, that guy. <laughs> um, so, yeah. What was I talking about? Uh, the NBA. Oh, basketball. Yeah, I mean, I'm kind of bummed because I had sort of heard a rumor a few years ago, and I'm sure you did too, that Durant's favorite team growing up was the, the Toronto, Toronto Raptors. Raptors. And there was some rumors that maybe the Raptors were kind of quietly making moves, sort of anticipating that they could make a run, they could at, make a run at Durant when his contract expired at the end of this season. Kind of like the NBA equivalent of Stamkos is going to come to the Maple Leafs. Exactly. Um, except there's no... Re- it's not as tangible, I feel. Yeah. Stamkos might be a little more tangible than Durant, but yeah, it's like one of those things I think, you know, when you cheer for the Raptors especially, it, it really feels like... And it's actually similar, I think, to being a fan of the Blue Jays, you know, because... I think there are some NHL players that maybe never want to play in a Canadian market, but I think even for guys that are born in Europe uh, that that play in the NHL, they want to play in a Canadian market. I mean, you look at like Ovechkin, the most the team he scored the most goals against is the Leafs. Like he loves to well, come play Toronto. Toronto's also well, and we also suck for the yeah, bulk a, of his career. I know it's it's a combination, <laughs> but I'm just saying, like you know, he's putting I, on a show for the largest audience. Yeah, I mean, aside from the Oilers, because who wants to play in Edmonton? Um, Oh, 
George, don't eat that Skittle. That's, <laughs> that's my cat. He'd probably die if he ate that. Uh, good thing he was just batting it around like it was a toy. Um, but, yeah, so I just think that, um, that yeah, like Toronto, the Raptor, both the Raptors and the Blue Jays feel like teams that, you, as fans of that team, you feel like really no one wants to play for them. And, and maybe some people do, but for the most part – you know, well, like I think Drake is supposed to be helping that, right? Yeah, exactly. And I think he has. Yeah. I mean, I think it's hard to argue that. No, I don't. Some of the rebranding that they've done with him, I'm not a big fan of the new logo. Oh, really? I yeah. like it, it's, and I like the black and gold unis. I think that's a good look. Yeah, I, I guess. I don't know. It's you're entitled to your opinion. Yeah, I, I mean, they're not bad, but I like if you're going to change the color scheme, like maybe go back to the purple. That, yeah, the purple pretty, pretty good. Yeah, the purple is pretty good. I mean, I, I hear what you're saying. They look kind of like everything else. But yeah. I, I just find basketball... Looks like, a, looks like a high school team. I find basketball uniforms ugly in general. Okay. I mean, I think there's maybe a handful of teams that have actually good uniforms. Vancouver Grizzlies, obviously, number well, one. Well, of course. Uh, a Golden, Golden State, State is unbelievable. State. That, yeah. The city logo. Yeah. I mean, and Golden State had the worst jerseys in the league. They were not only the worst team, but they had the worst jerseys. Yeah, we jerseys. talked about this on the show a few weeks ago, that terrible Spartan logo that they had yeah. in the 2000s. exactly. So bad. And now, like... I I mean, the jerseys are beautiful. Um, the Knicks, just that classic blue and orange look. I mean, that's a great same with the Celtics. I thought the Clippers had a really good one before they changed their logo. I hate the new yeah, logo. Yeah, the new logo is awful. It looks like the paperclip from MS Word, basically. Yeah, it looks like – it just looks like a design firm trying way too hard. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, it just doesn't have that kind of nice Yeah, whereas before there. it was just like Los Angeles in cursive – yeah. Like a, yeah, it was chest. nice. Looked beautiful. Yeah, it was the nice. The blue so, one especially. Yeah, I agree. But yeah, so for the most part I think they're ugly anyway and I don't look good in tank tops, so it's <laughs> somewhat biased there as <laughs> but well. But this is supposed to be about Durant going to Golden State. Sorry. Uh they would be really good if that happened. Yeah, and we were talking that's to my Max. Ex- that's my expert analysis. We were talking to Max about like, you know, it's hard to like get two up on what the team what your team is going to do if mm-hmm. you're a fan of anyone who's not Golden State or Cleveland. Oh, yeah. Because everyone has to run through there and nobody's probably going to do it successfully. It's probably even worse, though, if you add Durant to this current Golden State lineup because, like, you should just fold the league for the, like, however many years that he's going to be there. <laughs> just give them the trophy yeah, just give it. immediately. Yeah. And I don't, like, this was like the thing when, you know, LeBron built his super team in Miami, right? Yeah. Like, I just, there's something that's not as entertaining. Uh, in the games uh, when you have these just obvious mega powers. Yeah, I think the only difference is that Golden State is legitimately a joy to watch. Yes. They're like the only basketball team that I'll go out of my way. You know, Miami didn't have that. Miami yeah. was just They were like, like the four horsemen. Yeah, they were like a classic power game. It wasn't really... They, they were a heel stable. Yeah, exactly. Like, <laughs> you, it wasn't... You wanted to boo them. Yeah. I did anyways. Oh, yeah. Like, you wanted to boo them. They played a classic, like, just straightforward, boring game. It was just... It was pass the ball to Will, but yeah. just in... in, in uh, NBA form, you know, whereas I feel like the, the Warriors, uh, you know, they rely on coaching. They have very interesting systems. Steph Curry is probably the most entertaining player I've ever seen. Um, so yeah, I, I think that they would actually be, uh, a, a joy to watch, even though the outcome of the game would feel a little anticlimactic, but it already does. Yeah. I mean, they beat Cleveland by whatever, a million points. You know, that's supposedly the second best team in the league. They they friggin' shit stomp them. Yeah. So 
And they were a lot closer last year, and they still won in the final. Yeah. The, the only thing, though, is, like, injuries can change anything. Oh, totally. And it definitely will in the playoffs. Yeah. Both, both Cleveland and Golden State had huge injury issues totally. last year. Well, yeah, Matthew Delavadova was starting, <laughs> so go from there. The fact that I even know his name yeah, is appalling. <laughs> I shouldn't know who he is. Uh, do we want to talk about the Super Bowl? Uh, oh yeah, this I guess Sunday. that's coming up, isn't it? Yeah, I, yeah. I feel like we're we got to get to the mailbag here. Yeah, pretty, pretty quick, soon. We, pretty soon. Um, okay, here's the th- I, I, here's the thing. I've tweeted about this a lot. I've also noticed. Congratulations to everybody who just took a drink. Because yes, John said, I heard that's the, the new real good show drinking game. Which it, honestly, it's an honor to have a drinking <laughs> game after our show. That's pretty great, especially for you yourself, who is a heavy drinker. Exactly. As we all know. Um, just in case you're new to the show, and you probably are, because maybe Max uh, brought maybe yes, brought, yeah. brought you to listening to the show. Um, I don't drink. Um, we cover that almost every episode. Yeah, it's a personal but... choice, uh, not religious, just something that I'm not really into. Um, also, if you have a drinking game based on a podcast, you're having really fucking shitty parties. <laughs> Oh, come over. Just listen to this podcast. <laughs> Every time this loser says, here's the thing, take a drink. <laughs> but I'm sure there's going to be some drinking games involved at the Super Bowl exactly, this yeah. Sunday. I, I think I've said before, like, I love Cam Newton. I think he is just the best. I think he's entertaining. I love the dancing. I love the kids. He gives balls out to the kids. He I talks love to them before the game. The like racist rage that he love invokes. It. Love it everywhere uh, he goes. Yeah, like it's just if you and I and I've said this on my Twitter. If you don't like Cam Newton, I'm sorry for you. I feel bad. It, it's the same way I feel about Conor McGregor. It's the same way I feel about Kanye West. Or the same way you feel about like people who were still dumping on John Scott yeah. during the All Star uh, game. Yeah, like how that was, like, shitty, the greatest thing ever. Yeah, how shitty is your life that you're like, okay, I'm gonna take like it's one thing to have a contrarian opinion. He took a spot away from someone who deserved it. Who? Who? Fuck you. Who's like partying in Cabo instead? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm sure Max Domi had a really tough time <laughs> rolling in six women in Pl- Porto Vallarta. It was really tough for him. I'm sure he, after he finished betting those women, he was like, ah, oh, man, my life sucks right now. I wish I was in Nashville uh, with uh, with these hose bags. But I don't but know what. Cam, Cam Newton draws the hate of like the worst kind of total. outrage hobbyist. Yeah. And uh, you know, and 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 God bless him. He doesn't give a shit. He shows that he comes off the plane in San Francisco yesterday wearing eight thousand dollar animal print pants. <laughs> he like he doesn't give a shit, and that's what I love. You know, he he's never tried to respond to the criticism. You know, and and, and people say like, like I've seen people tweet like, oh, he just gives the balls out to kids as a show. That's all just a show. Even if it is just a show. Who gives a shit? Yeah. That's fucking awesome. He just made that kid's life. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, it's I, like the I, football equivalent of Max Kerman coming on your podcast. Exactly. It's the greatest the, thing that's ever happened. The kids are crying. <laughs> you know, it's just like you. It's perfect. Uh, <laughs> and I've heard that he gets fined $2,500 every I don't think that's time. true. You don't think so? No, I heard that that's a, that's a fake that's meme. A, oh, okay. So yeah. never mind. There's a... Snopes about that maybe oh, okay. I don't know I have no idea oh no it sounds right um, um, but but anyway 
Um, I, I hope that Cam Newton and the rest of his team pound the piss out of Denver. I like Denver. I like Peyton Manning. Obviously, yeah. how could you not? And I'm, I was, I'm so conflicted about this because this is my favorite player on my favorite team, Manning and the Broncos. And this is probably his last season. Yeah. Uh, like this, another part of why I'm not as like super invested in the NFL this year is like, if Peyton is your favorite player, which he is mine, yeah. it's really hard to watch him right now. He's, oh, yeah. he's like Frankenstein. He mm. he can't tie his own shoes. He can't like move his arm past a certain yeah. Like it's well, just, just really sad and and difficult. I think that he could rehab his injuries and be relatively normal over the after like two and a half or three years of not playing football. But then he's forty three. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, it's just. It's, I'm, just, I'm talking about him as a person oh, I see for the mean. rest yeah, of his yeah. life okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. after like, he retires, which he probably will. I so think like, he's a pretty smart dude. Like, I, I, I don't – I'd like to think that if his injuries were truly going to impact the rest of his life, he wouldn't be playing. I, I li- I'd like to think he's smart enough. I think he is. I think, though, the fact that Eli has one more Super Bowl win than him is, like, really driving him more yeah, than anything Yeah, which right makes now. sense because Eli sucks. Yeah, like, Peyton it's is, like, one of the greatest yeah. ever. But, yeah, when you watch, like, I mean, it, it's so hard to watch Peyton now and think, like, that guy was legitimately one of the greatest passers that ever lived. Yeah. Like, he looks like me. Like, that looks like how I throw footballs. And then it doesn't help that Demarius Thomas drops half of them. Yeah. So I'm, like, conflicted in wanting to see my favorite player get that one last win, tie yeah. Eli in Super Bowls, yeah. and then just ride out into the sunset victoriously. Would love to see him do that. Yeah. But also, Cam Newton, like, is just the most infectiously fun player yeah. in football. I just He's don't gonna get have why... a blast. Yeah. And people are going to lose their minds over it. I know. I don't There's going to be like so many open letters written after he wins the Super Bowl. Yeah, I don't get why people... Dear Mr. Newton. <laughs> I don't... I just don't get why people hate fun. I don't yeah. understand that. It's like we. It, it, the media is such a joke because they spend all this time railing against boring athletes that give them shitty quotes and whatever. But then the second anyone goes outside that box, they just stomp on their nuts, say that they're horrible, say that they're shitty. They don't care about this. Like, it's just, ugh, it just drives me nuts. Anyway. It's the same thing with John Scott, because like that, that was like the perfect media story. Yeah. Especially the way it worked out over the weekend, him scoring two goals. Oh, unbelievable. Being named All-Star MVP yeah. in a write-in ballot again. Well, because him being the MVP could have been really awkward. It yeah. could have been a joke. If he didn't play that well, if he, like, whatever. But you could make a case that he legitimately... He was the star yeah. of the weekend. Exactly. Like, I mean, who... Okay, was Gaudreau better? Yeah. Was Luongo better? Yeah. Was but were Daniel they- Sedin better? Yeah. Probably, probably, but were they that much better? You yeah. know, yeah. and then and then when you factor in the story, like you know, that's the thing. It, it, it wasn't. It, it became a thing where it definitely was no longer like making fun of him. You yeah. know, and that's the thing. I could see it, if he didn't score, or if he kind of like took really short shifts and kind of barely played, and then the, people were still like MVP. Then that then then it's a little bit like okay, it, okay, yeah. It's nice that you're here. Everyone clearly is enjoying it, but like. That's a little too much for me, but, but like, he played great, and from, it was awesome. And from a narrative perspective, it was so perfect. Yeah, it was unbelievable. That it was basically like pro wrestling, because was, that was, just doesn't happen in actual sports. No. You need to script those moments. Like, yeah. that was Daniel Bryan at WrestleMania 30. Yeah, it but, was awesome. But real. But real, yeah. 
and that's well as real as the All Star Game is. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. But, but yeah, it was it was great. And, and, I, and I do want to say sure. that him being like so uh, engaging and 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 really being seen as like a as a person and not just a puncher. Yeah, uh, kind of like makes me reevaluate the way that we have talked about. Lucas Biza on this show. Yeah, right. And we've talked about this a little bit over the last few weeks well, about but him being like a nice guy that we feel bad about ripping on. The the, the thing with Spiza is that he's just like emblematic as a signing of all yeah, the things it's not that are wrong fault. with this regime. And I also still believe that I have no problem making fun of Brandon Prust whatsoever. Yeah, and so here's what? the thing like Lucas a great guy. Take a drink. I feel bad for for him like taking the beating that we have given him. Yeah. Uh, but Brandon Prest also seems like an asshole, so I don't yeah, feel bad about that. Exactly. I'm still okay with that. But, like, you know... I would like to give Brandon Prest a beating, but realistically, <laughs> he'll just grab my shirt and swing me around in circles seven times. The NHL does not do a decent job of building up its supporting characters as, like, like star personalities. Well, they don't do a good job of building up their stars. P.K. Subban is legit- legitimately their most marketable athlete by far. And, and that's they, all his own initiative. Yeah, and they never market him. Yeah. Ever. Never. Yeah. I mean, I, okay, maybe he's black. Is that the problem? I don't know. But it just seems like... The, the culture of hockey is to just like put your head down and yeah. be unexceptional. Exactly. He's the most entertaining player in my lifetime as far as like off... He's a great player. And he's... Uh, and, and the funny part to me about PK is that people... I think people legitimately think... And I've had m- numerous conversations... People think he is a bad defensive player because he's like, because he's so good offensively and because he's like a showboat off the ice. Like, they think, like, how could this guy be good defensively? Like, I've had conversations with people where they say to my face, like, I wouldn't want Subban on my team. Like, yeah, okay, he scores points, but like, he's so bad defensively. I'm like, when? (laughs) When was that? I've never seen that in my life. Well, Mike Babcock didn't even play him during the Olympics. Okay, well, look at the players who were ahead of him. If you don't think that he's going to be on the 2018 team in a big way, you're you're an idiot. Yeah. Or even the World Cup of Hockey. Like, he's going to be one of their best defensemen. But if you look at the defenseman in 2014, who was PK going to play ahead of? It's not like he... I don't know. That still seemed stupid. It did seem stupid, but they did have a great team. Yeah. So... Because Babcock clearly wanted four left-hand shots, four right-hand shots. So your right-hand shots are He was still like doubt- the number one. He he was coming off of a Norris season. I agree. But best have- defenseman in the best league in the world, and you can't find a single spot for him on eight yeah. players. Well, I know, but you got Doughty, Weber, Petrangelo, Subban. Those are your right-hand shot D-men. Yeah. Meh. Yeah, I guess, I anyway. guess there's always going to be a good guy sitting out no matter what. So Regardless. Bottom line, before we get into the mailbag. But like this, I talked about this with Stacy. Uh, during the phone interview, which you were obviously present I was there. for last week. Yeah, I was there, uh, and um, I just, uh, <laughs> I didn't, uh, I just didn't want to participate because, well, there's multiple reasons. It's mostly a personal vendetta between me and Stacy, and it'll stay that way, but um, I thought, uh, you know, whatever, she did fine. But the, the, the breakout star of, of, like, every single time they do, like, 24-7 Road to the Winter Classic, which they don't do anymore, but regardless, when they did do it, like Pascal Dupuis, or like you know the the fourth line guys are typically yeah. the guys who like steal the show in those documentary series, and totally. I feel like those are the guys that never get the opportunity to do like major media appearances. Oh yeah, never. Like yeah, it's we joked about it on the show before, but I am going to seriously put it out right now because as Max Kerman proved 
as we live and breathe, if I just say that I want somebody to be on the show out loud <laughs> and put it out into the world, it could happen. Uh, you just never know. We are going to give that opportunity to establish yourself as a lovable personality, Lucas Pisa. We want you on Real Good Show, for real. Yeah, no, and, and I would love that. Come, I, come I, be a chill dude with us, and we'll be nice to you. I promise. Yeah, I think I, I would like to believe we can make it happen. I, I know highly where, doubt it. I know where he lives. Eddie Lack got in so much trouble for like doing podcasts and tweeting at yeah, people. Yeah, but that podcast had like 30 listeners. <laughs> <laughs> Wyatt, feel free to come on our show too. We love you, buddy. Uh, regardless, I think, is it mailbag time? I think it's mailbag time. Just to end off the Super Bowl discussion, I hope Cam Newton and the Carolina Panthers win by 30-plus points, and he puts on a giant Versace robe to accept the Super Bowl trophy, and then he um, uh, he physically assaults uh, an old white man while he wins the trophy, preferably a member of the major media. <laughs> I hope so, too. It's ladder time. It's ladder time. Ladder time. What am I reading? You've got mail. What am I reading? Next question. Okay, it's letter time. Yes. And our first question is Super Bowl related. It comes to us from Marlon Phillips at Marlon the Man. It says, which instance of good shit was the best? Left Shark, Colorado and Washington, the Weed State Super Bowl, or... When the lights went out equals Bane. When Bane took over that, that Super Bowl a few years ago. Um, see, Left Shark for me is like overdone. Yeah? I, I'm over Left Shark. I have been for a while. I still like it when it comes up on our show. Yeah, though. but it's been like five yeah, weeks in a row now. Irony. It's, too, it's too much. Yeah. Um, the lights going out at the Super Bowl was also was equally terrible uh, just because... The volume of tweets during the Super Bowl is like the highest that it ever is on like that's Twitter's basically most activity is like during award shows and the Super Bowl. Yeah. And the amount of garbage jokes that people were making about the lights going out was horrible. <laughs> also, as a comedian, I think jokes about weed are hacky even though i have one in my act i just feel like they're kind of like like just the whole oh it was really high and uh yeah so I'm, I'm gonna say none of these i used to enjoy those like weed comedians like doug benson yeah and now he just makes me sad is like, doug but like he's an, he's like in his like 40s yeah and that's his whole life he is defined by Smoking weed and just being yeah. stoned all the time. And, and being unfunny. And, like, and I like movies and I'm high. Yeah, it's really... It's just you makes get, me... You get over it. Yeah. You know? It makes me sad. Like, if you're in your 20s and that's your identity, like, all right, sure, you'll grow out of it. Yeah, exactly. Like, I don't want to call him an old man, but, like, it's just sad. It's like, um, <laughs> you know, like, it's like Cheech and Chong. It was... We're kind of the pioneers of that, but... The thing with Cheech and Chong was that you knew that even if they weren't famous, that was still going to be their life. Yeah. So you didn't really, you're not like, okay, these guys are like, re like not wrecking their lives, but you're like, Tommy Chong would either be a pot dealer, own like a pipe store, <laughs> or like have a movie. With Doug Benson, you're like, okay, dude, 
Time it's time to get something else. Like you look like you could be you could have been an accountant. Yeah. You know, you could have had now something. He just going like on. makes documentaries about him smoking weed. Yeah, he's just not funny. I just don't I don't know. He's not for me. All right. right. I'd love to be on Doug Love's movies though. Because I know nothing <laughs> about movies. So it'd be hilarious. Uh, next question comes to us from occasional intern Aaron Mackay, Aaron who Mackay. asks Does John drink? If he did, what would the drink be of choice? Okay, well, first of all, I know Aaron's a regular listener of the show, so I find that insulting <laughs> that he doesn't know that I don't drink. But just for the record, in case this is your first time tuning into this podcast and you've skipped right to this point in the show, I don't drink. <laughs> but if you were to drink, mm, rum well, and coke? Mm, mm, maybe Ryan Ginger. Okay, yeah, that's pretty good. I've been told that uh, if we win the Curling Provincials, I have to drink. Well, I said that. I said back when I was junior curling that if we won provincials, I would have my first drink. So if we win curling provincials, I have to drink, and I have a feeling they're going to punish me. This is like uh, the Sportsfeld podcast, our friends at Sportsfeld. Yep. Uh, the Zoobs gave up drinking beer for the Blue Jays run. Okay. It, it was, that seems counterintuitive. He, he just gave, he said that, you know, I, I, he basically said, I'll give up beer if we get David Price, and then they did. Okay. And then he couldn't drink for the whole wow. run. That's too bad. Yeah. So this is like the opposite of that. Like, mm-hmm. if, if we win, I will have to start drinking. Yeah, like... Because I don't think I'm 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 30. I don't think I'm I don't think now's the time where I'm just going to start drinking. Well, or at least not heavily. If, if not, you have one drink, like that's not. You think that yeah, you're exactly. really going to fall off? <laughs> no, that's what, yeah. It's like well, you got the taste of the nectar. <laughs> <laughs> that's just going to be like. It. Well, it's funny because I I um, in high school, uh, one of my good friends. Uh, my best friend actually uh, dated a girl all through high school, and they and, and you know it, when when you're in a relationship in high school, you know you tend not to go to parties and that kind of thing because you're like 15 and you're getting action. So you're like, well, that's pretty good. I'll yeah. just do whatever wherever that is. Uh, so you know you tend to just kind of hang out with your girlfriend or boyfriend all the time. So my buddy did that with his girlfriend, and he didn't really have like a time where he was like drank a lot Mm -hmm. and then they broke up and then like a month later he got into a relationship and I think in that relationship he drank a little more because that was more what his girlfriend was into and then they broke up when he was like 23 and then it was like everyone else has done university but like I have never had my time of like being a single dude and just like getting hammered and spending $500 at the bar and smoking weed and whatever. So he didn't have that time until he was, like, 23. And everyone was sort of like, okay. I mean, I, I obviously never drank, but, like, all the guys that did were, like, you know, they drink like most adults do. You find yeah. your limit. You drink to your limit. You drink, have a good time. Find and, your limit. Drink within it. Exactly. <laughs> Whereas this guy was just, it was, like, just, he was just hitting it so hard. He's, like, 24 years old. We're like, dude, you got to slow down. No one is on your level right now. No one's here. <laughs> So I don't want to be that guy, like just this thirty-one-year-old. I don't want to be Doug Benson. I don't. Want, I don't want this to be my like my epiphany of like, well, drinking's pretty good. Time for me to just get fucking hosed. I'm all night. in. Yeah, this is it. Like, oh, I, I enjoyed being a substitute teacher, but tequila's pretty good. So I think I'm just gonna go in that direction. Uh, our next question comes from Marty Thompson. He asks, "Dox some garbage BCHL player." And John, you know where Nick Beck lives, right? Uh, well, it's, uh, the question is, does Nick Beck know where Nick Beck lives? (laughs) (laughs) 
<laughs> Nick, I love you. He's not listening. No. Um, I could. I think we could easily dox a BZHL player. Wouldn't even be hard. Yeah. But we're not going to. No, we're not going to, but we could. Uh, Rich Marinsky asks, is signing Biega another sign of the tank apocalypse? When do we expect to see Markstrom waved in true Canuck fashion? I don't think that's ever going to happen. Are we sure that Jim Benning knows that Biega is not Bieksa? I'm pretty sure. Okay. Yeah. But uh, But we can never be too sure. No, it's, it's hard to tell. Uh yeah, I have no opinion about this. I think that's it's a little bit. You don't know, ask us real questions. We've been over this before. I don't. I don't know. It's a little bit too much money for a guy who probably should make be making league minimum. Uh, did, I didn't even see what did they give him. Uh, one point five over two years. Oh, see, I think I I read that as like one point five total, but it's one point five a year. No, no, no. It's one point five. It's oh. like seven hundred in the first. So that's pretty close second. to mid- league min. Yeah, but What's league min five sixty. Yeah, it, it just yeah. means like Yannick Weber is gone, which he was great last year. Has done nothing this year. Yeah, I thought he wasn't. Was he even playing really? I don't. Not He's really. pretty good though. He seems like one of those guys that like he might find. A home. He might find somewhere that's going to be good for yeah. him. It's probably Columbus. Yeah, uh, but we are talking right now like we didn't just almost lose the entire episode. Yeah, well, that's because we're fucking professionals, <laughs> and that's what we do. We don't talk about the fact that you just wasted nearly an entire box of Kleenex crying over the fact that we <laughs> might have lost the Max interview. I didn't cry one single time. No, I know, but uh, I really felt like, but be just, honest, if we had lost it, would you have started crying? Uh, probably. Yeah. So, yeah, probably. Maybe me too, though. It was pretty good. <laughs> Uh, let's like wrap. if Max had sucked, I would have been like, okay, well, whatever. Yeah. But he was pretty dope, so you don't want to lose that. You don't want to lose that A plus content. Yeah, we got a few more mailbag questions here, okay, and then yeah. we'll wrap it up because yeah. I got to go to work Perfect. pretty soon here. Uh, you have da- to go to work at the same place. That, no, at the brewery. Uh, okay. Dave Grapes asks, uh, "What would it take for Gary Bettman to lose his job?" Nothing. Yeah, to, it's like uh, teaching. You you basically have to uh, hit, touch, or kill a kid to be fired. <laughs> So it's basically, I think that's the same thing for Batman. Yeah. And honestly, like as much as we boo him and as much as he probably was the central villain in like the whole John Scott ordeal, he does a good job. Like yeah, he's good. He does what the owners want him to do, yeah, which fine. is make money. I just think, I, I, and I read a good article about this, that I think his new challenge is going to be making the game better. Because business-wise, you can't argue the game has gotten a lot better. Although I have heard convincing arguments that sports is the only viable TV property left. So he was going to get money no matter who was in charge, which is, which is probably at least somewhat true. Yeah. But I think that, uh, yeah, I think for Batman, uh, he's done well. Um, but I would like to see where they're going to go. Cause there's no question. I think the game is stalled right now. Like I, I like it could be more entertaining. I don't know. I don't know what they're gonna do, but they need to do something. I think. Well, they fixed the All Star game. They did. I loved it. it I was, thought it was awesome. It was great front yeah. to back. Uh, our final question, and we should have asked this when Max was here, because oh. he would have had uh, some great opinions. I'm sure. Uh, comes to us from DJ Laidback Luke, who I have to say is like bringing the heat. He loves almost to bring it every mailbag loves lately. Loves to bring the heat. Uh, he asks, why wasn't Carly Rae Jepsen nominated for a Juno for Best Pop Album? Because Canada is stupid. Yeah, we don't deserve her. No, we don't. She's. Uh, I want to go see her when she comes here. Yeah. She's opening for Headley. <laughs> Rather cut my own face off with a butter knife. <laughs> then go see Jacob Hoggard. What a f- clown that guy is. Uh, yeah. I, uh, yeah, it's just a it's disgrace really the- that we haven't embraced. I mean... 
we have a true star. It's even Drake, honestly. Like, okay, he's got his thing with the Raptors, whatever. But like, he should be a national hero. He is like one of the very, 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 very few like true crossover music stars that we've ever had. He's a global phenomenon icon and i feel like no one cares in canada like more than they they don't care as much as they should yeah it should be a bigger deal and drake is proud to be canadian and he makes no bones about it and he talks about it in interviews and on stage and whatever um you know he said that he last time he was here and i mean i know there's a certain thing to talk into the crowd and you kind of talk out of your ass sometimes and you know max would have probably spoken to that but (laughs) but like you know, Drake said he legitimately loves coming back to Canada because there's no better feeling than being able to use that Canadian passport at the border and 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 bring it out. And like, I I really believe he does love Canada. He still has a place in Toronto. He's there all the time. Why don't we? It should be more. Yeah. This country, it should be more. But like, not only does Canada... should be like Mein Kampf. Everyone should have to own a copy of Views from the Six. <laughs> Canada is not the only person who doesn't deserve. Carly Rae Jepsen. That's though. true. No because, one does because like her album is not selling very well no. either. Japan. The fact that it's fucking spectacular. Like Jesse and the Rippers. It's like she's the, huge in Japan. It's like the best pop album of the decade. Oh, it's so good. It's and, unbelievable how good it is. And uh, yeah, no, no, not even a Juno nomination. It's insane that she's not Can't. nominated for Juno. Who is? We got to we got to find out who is because. It is ludicrous that she's not nominated. She should be nominated for Album of the Year. Never mind Pop Album yeah. of the Year. This should be everything. Yeah. Single of the Year. It should be the whole shebang, essentially. That's and disgusting. I'm pulling up the nominee, the nominee list. The nominalese? The <laughs> nominally a Juno Awards <laughs> podcast. Uh, it's ostensibly a sports podcast. She's up for the Fan Choice Award, which hopefully she'll win that. Single of the Year. Uh, I don't even recognize. Just give me the pop albums because it's the joke that she's not nominated. Yeah. All right. Well, our choices for pop album of the year, sponsored by TD, are "Hello" by Headley, "Purpose" by Justin Bieber, "Augusta" by Scott Hellman, "Who," handwritten by Sean Mendez, "What," and "Sing It All Away" by Walk Off the Earth. I don't even think Walk Off the Earth is a pop group. Are they even a band? Got it. They're on it. Okay. I can't even talk about it. I'll rant so hard. That band is a fucking joke. <laughs> they're an honest to god fucking joke. They're Have a you viral seen? video. Yeah, they're a viral video disguised. They're they are fucking horrible. <laughs> they're like, hey, how can we take this song and 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 just do stupid shit? This song that is Baba Black Sheep. Fuck. Already. Have you seen the Hello thing? No. Oh my god, it's a joke. Oh, they did a Adele also. Yeah, they did Adele. And the drumming is two guys uh, doing patty cake on their knees and then unzipping and zipping up the zippers on their <laughs> jeans. Are you have some have some fucking respect for yourself? This is a rant. Walk off the earth. Yeah, it is because this is the first ever John Cullen this, rant. Right? It's because Stefan's not here. He would check me down right now. But you don't give a shit because you love rants. <laughs> this is honest to god. Like if you watch this and you go, "Oh my god, this is so creative and unique and inspiring," put your head in a fucking furnace, okay? Because that's nothing. Anyone can take fucking. 
Uh, I, I can take a, a glass table and this Starbucks cup and that Max Tupperware. Kerman left here and some Tupperware and whatever. I can pull a condom off and on my dick. Whatever. I don't give a shit. But they're sitting, and they've got these little tubes. And they, they <laughs> wave the tubes in the air to make the like, woo, 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 woo sound. It's a joke. Their voices aren't even good. And they're nominated for pop album. What are their songs? What are they even? What is? Oh, this is a song. We're in the forest. We're just beating on trees and and scrunching leaves in our butts. <laughs> like, I don't know, man. This is this rant is misguided. But I just I, they make me sick. Honest to God, the fact that they're nominated over you, Carly Rae Jepsen. There's nothing on that album that even comes close to come away with. Me. No, it's a joke. It's a joke. Or it's run, an absolute run away joke. With me. Run away with me. Yeah. yeah, run away with me. But see, if they did it, then it would be, uh, you know, the opening. They'd probably put like uh, they'd, they'd, yeah, they'd probably put like a kazoo on a bike and then just run the <laughs> run. Someone rides a bike and the air goes into the kazoo and then some the guys percussion is like the bike bell. No, they that's separate from the bike. What the what the percussion is is they've got a flatbed truck with a barbecue on the back and it's just them pushing the ignition button off and on. That's the percussion. <laughs> We're trying to light this barbecue, boys, riding up beside the bike. Anyway, listen to me, please. Real good show listeners and i know you guys are good people so you probably don't like this shit anyway but if you do stop it listen to people that are making real music they're not just taking random shit from their junk drawers in their house and disguising it as music it's a fucking joke they're a travesty that's all i have to say about that let's take it out all right and that'll do it for the mailbag (sighs) Ending on a fiery culture note as we head into our cultural recommendations. It's everyone's favorite segment because it means we're on the home stretch. The cherry on top of our cynical Sunday. One good thing. If a lot of people love each other, the world would be a better place to live. John, what do you like this week? Okay, well, I'm going to veer away from music because I've already told you what I like and don't like <laughs> there. Um, I'm actually going to, and I don't know if this is allowed because we theoretically hate everyone else that has a podcast, but uh, I'm going to recommend another podcast. I just got into it. Uh, it's called Go Bayside. It is a uh, podcast April by Richardson. April Richardson uh, featuring a, a cast of different comedians. And basically what she does is she gets the comedians to sit down and watch an episode of Saved by the Bell with her. Uh, and then they deconstruct the episodes. And I'm a huge Saved by the Bell fan. Always have been. Loved it. Um, I, I kind of have the same reverence for the program that April does just in that it was something I watched and loved when I was a kid. And I can still watch it and enjoy it in that way and uh, so to get the different casts of comedians on there she gets some people who love it uh, like Jensen Karp is a huge fan he's on it a couple times uh, but then and she we gets, are hoping to get him on our yeah show exactly um, and then we get and then they have other guests where they Just revealing all they, our secrets here today. yeah exactly and then they have other guests where they've like never even seen the show before so they she gets them to watch it and I just I'm I'm only like eight episodes in, but she just had Matt Bronger on, and it was absolutely hilarious oh, because he he's basically the he's so funny, and he had never really seen the show before, so just listening to him deconstruct it was ama- 
amazing. So yeah, so it's great because she's done. She's she, this was did uh, the entire series. She did the entire series from 2013 to 2014. She said she was going to start the college years, and then she did one episode in May of last year. It's and just too depressing. To I continue. guess so. It hasn't done another one. So. Uh, it may it, it may be finished, uh, but whatever. I'm excited. I've got like 80 more episodes to go. And uh, as a huge fan of the show, I love it. And so, yeah, if you're a Say by the Bell fan, and the episodes are quick. They're usually about 30 to 40 minutes long. They pretty much just deconstruct the episode, and then it's over. Yeah. Uh, so if you're a fan of that, uh, check it out. Go Bayside with host April Richardson. That's my recommendation for the week. She's funny on Twitter, too. Super funny. A-P, A-P-E-Y. Yes, there you go. Uh, I'm going to recommend a film that I rewatched for the first time in like almost a decade, I think. Okay. And I had not heard of this movie when I was a kid. I never saw it at the video store. Never like looked at it and was like, oh, this is dumb. I'm not going to watch that. I didn't even know this existed until I was like in my 20s, I want to okay. say. Uh, and it's probably a childhood classic of some listeners of a certain age. But if you're younger than me, then maybe you too didn't even know that this movie exists. Uh, it's probably the best movie that will ever be made based on a board game. No offense to Battleship, uh, but I'm talking about the Tim Curry film Clue. Oh, Clue! Yeah, which is it is great. So much fun. It's so good. It is hilariously yeah, funny. Yeah, yeah. And uh, you know, I find that like, that's actually I haven't seen it in a while. I it, should rewatch it. 80s comedies don't always hold up. Yeah, especially if they star Eddie Murphy. Personally, <laughs> I, that's how I feel. What? Uh, but uh, you but, don't like hearing Eddie Murphy use <laughs> numerous. Gay slurs <laughs> as part of his comedy routine, but uh, that doesn't hold up. <laughs> Weird. Uh, but this is one that really does. Yeah, and if yeah, you, it's great. You get to take your pick when you watch it on DVD as to having um, the movie, the DVD, like just pick an ending for you at random. Because I think it's the only movie ever where if you, depending on like what night you saw it or what theater you went to see it the ending of the mystery would have a different oh, really? final reel. I don't reel. think I knew that. There was a different final reel of the film oh, depending weird. on where you saw I'm, it. Because I'm the same age as you where uh, like I'm a couple years older, but like I, I probably uh, saw it maybe a decade ago. Yeah. And so I don't think I knew that. That's um, awesome. Yeah. But you, so you can choose you, which one. No, or no, no. You, you can, can just go random or you can go the home video version, which will play all three endings in a row. Oh. Okay. And one of them is clearly the best. So like it's advisable that you do that. Right. Uh, but I just like think that that's a really cool thing that I wonder if people rented it and had no idea about that because that's obviously it was released like way before alternate endings were like a thing on DVDs and yeah. stuff like that where people were just watching the home video version going wait what the did my tape break why is this starting all over again from the you know from this scene or whatever yeah. but it's a very enjoyable film Tim Curry gives a yeah, fucking wonderful awesome. performance yeah, in he's it so good and who's um who plays Mrs. White that's oh. who's really funny. Uh, Madeline. Madeline Kahn. That's it. From Young Frankenstein. Yeah, she's so good. She's yeah. great in it, too. Yeah. Uh, everyone. like yeah, They're awesome. all like recognizable comedic sure. character actors. Yeah. It's so good. And I also learned something watching the movie, because at the end it like does the split title. Apparently, in like England, Clue is called Cluedo. Cluedo. Yep. That's fucked up. It is fucked up. All right. I don't really know why. <laughs> like I don't know, wh- I don't know what Cluedo is opposed to... <laughs> But see, what happened was it was called Cluedo in the States, too. And then when they found out that Pluto wasn't a real planet, then they had to take the dough off. (laughs) So now it's just Clue. And with that. Oh, before this is very important. Uh, Just before we get to the What do you like to plug? 
Oh, no. Oh, I do like to plug. I, I didn't even think about that. Uh, if you're in Vancouver, once again, just for laughs, Northwest is coming up. Uh, I just added more shows. Uh, so I'm doing on February 20th, Teenage Dirtbag and Rap Battles. Uh, on Tuesday, the 23rd, I'll be doing the Just for Laughs showcase at Yuck Yucks. Uh, Teenage Dirtbag is at Hot Art Wet City and Rap Battles at Little Mountain Gallery. And then I'll be opening four shows for Todd Berry, February 27th and 28th. Uh, 7 and 9.30, both of those nights. So he Vancouver listened to your Yuck thing Yucks. and he liked it. Uh, oh, I think so. I haven't heard different, so I'm <laughs> guessing I'm still in. I have no idea. That, that'll that be really weird if the rug gets pulled out still. But um, but yeah, so I think that's all good. Um, and uh, that, but No, but what I was going to say is I was going to ask who you would always play as when you played Clue. I was I was a Professor Plum guy. I honestly never played it as Oh, a really? Yeah. It's, it's actually... It's a weird game in that it's pretty simple, but like if you play it as an adult and you play it properly... It's it, it it can be a really good like a really actually good game like, like a, very enjoyable like, like Dungeons and Dragons style role playing or what are we talking No, about? I just mean like if you, you actually get into character and like really mm, No, I mean I'm sure uh, there are losers that do that, but um, <laughs> but I just mean <laughs> No, but I just mean like you actually like kind of try and track everything and you take it really seriously. When you're a kid, you're just kind of like oh, I think it's. Mr. Green with the rope in the hall, and yeah. you don't really have an idea. Whereas when you're an adult and you actually pay attention, you listen to everything. It's, it's good times. So, well, so. I was also going to say, if people buy tickets to these Todd Berry shows and John is not on them, just pull a John Scott and just chant Colin, right Colin, Colin, Colin. Yep, just tweet at JFL Northwest <laughs> and uh, let your voices be heard. <laughs> Okay, now you can do the end thing. And with that, that will do it for this week's episode. Our roommate is Brooke Halverson. Our producer is Jessica Sands. I'm Justin Morissette. John Cullen. Max Carmen. <laughs> he turned into a girl. In be real. Week. Be good. Be real good. Arkells. Yeah. Maybe I just need to do it with you the whole time. I Stephen know, right? sucks. I got the magic touch. Woo! Toilet factory. <laughs> High noon. <laughs> Buy it. On vinyl. Neither of us ever had any money. All we were looking for was a little bit of company. And you were the singer. I was the drummer. Marching downtown, falling down in the summer Thank you.